4: the markley van camp and robin show i'm jamie markley that's david van camp scott robbins is off today he's fine he'll be back on monday a lot to get to and it certainly seems like more and more people are paying attention to the
5: biden family crime business well at a certain point you can't ignore it you know i i i saw the morning newsletter that's sent out from the new york times sorry the failing new york times Yeah. And they're trying to give it sort of this balance, like, okay, for the people who say that I don't write about this enough, here's where things stand. And so there was a very gentle this morning reminder to liberals that, no, actually, there is at least some controversy there. But of course, they go back to the familiar chorus of, yeah, but there's no evidence Joe was in on it. Boy, that's the talking point. Yeah, that's. Come from the
4: Democratic operatives. And out it, to everybody. Just remember, there's no real proof that it links Joe. Yeah, There's the bank records. They're going to subpoena the family.
5: Yeah, it, it, that's the most bizarre thing. And, and, you know, we talked about it yesterday that right now the take is that every, but we know for a fact that every member of the Biden family was getting some money through this web of LLCs from foreign sources, thanks to business deals worked out ostensibly by Hunter Biden. The yep. one family member that wasn't getting the money was Joe Biden. <laughs> that's the one guy who wasn't getting a dime out of any of this. Even though Hunter told his daughter, you know, half goes to Joe. Maybe that's not true. Maybe it was 30%. But you're telling me Joe got nothing? Please. Yeah, that, that, it actually makes no sense. You have to completely suspend reality um, to, to believe that Joe was not aware of it, was not getting any of the cash at all. Right. So the other day, Fox News's Peter Ducey was able to ask Joe about the fact that Joe, well, was involved in at least some capacity with his son's international business deals. We know that for a fact, helping him sell the brand to potential investors. Mm-hmm. And here's how that went. As a reminder, if you didn't hear it,
3: yeah, you were on speakerphone a lot with them
6: talking business. Is that what? Never talked business anymore? And I, I know you'd have a lousy question. Well, what do you? It's why is that a lousy question? Because it's not true. Thank you
5: yeah it's a question dude yeah yeah it is a question why you know why were you part of that why were you on the phone yeah Uh, it's not true yeah so White House spokesman John Kirby was on Fox News and he was asked the same question okay (laughs) what a weasel this guy is I can't wait to hear this
7: when will the president actually answer some of these questions to put some of this to rest himself Oh, my goodness, Martha. I mean, he just did with Peter. I mean, he's the one who called Peter over and had Peter, you know, risk life, and limb cutting across that barrier. I mean, he specifically called Peter over. Uh, right. and he, You know, look, he knows Peter. He knows Peter's not going to ask some softball question about, oh uh, you know, about uh, how his vacation was. He, he knows who Peter is, and he answered that question.
4: A oh, timeout. Okay. Did you see Joe's handler? Because there was a couple of different yeah. video views of this. Joe's handler is like, no! No, yeah. don't get no not with that guy not with Deucey. and as soon as joe's like i knew it'd be a lousy question because it's not true she takes him and just leads him away like a dog on a leash yes oh you know, yeah joe's a stand-up guy and he knew the tough question would come from the deuce give me a break
7: i don't know what no, he, didn't, he didn't from, answer but, whether but or not no, he was the... on speakerphone in those meetings john he just said i never talked qu- business to anybody The question was about business, and he answered it consistently with what he said um, uh, so so many times before. He's been very consistent that he wasn't talking business. But the question is, uh, was 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 he allowing that presence to say, this is my son, he has access to me. God, I just don't know how many times he's going to have to say no to the same question. And he said it. He said it consistently. He's been consistent about this. There were no discussions about business with yes. uh, with uh, with his son or his son's business partners. And again, he called Peter over.
4: He's consistently lied, mm-hmm. and the media is consistently covering
5: for yeah. the entire family. I I do like though that John Kirby, uh, being a very Weasley guy. Yeah, who's very good on the political level and being sort of a henchman for whoever is pulling his strings. He's very good at that. All he really said there was, well, he's answered the question consistently. Now, That's that it. is technically true. That is factually yep. accurate that Joe Biden has answered that question consistently. Yes. but He's <laughs> lied
4: about a lot of things consistently. Right? <laughs> so what? Such a weasel. Okay. Um... Another big story out there, and it's not covered in a whole lot of places. And I understand. You start talking about January 6th again. People have had enough. Mm -hmm. You glaze over. Okay, this is a big deal to
5: me. Yeah, it is. So even the week before the riot happened, I remember we were talking on the air. uh, There had been the announcement that the National Guard was going to be called to D.C., but they weren't allowed to carry guns. They were going to be doing traffic control, basically. And we were thinking, well, that's kind of weird because even if you're not expecting what happened to happen, you're going to have easily a hundred thousand people there in the shadow of the Capitol, yeah. while you've got uh, a joint session of Congress going on. So it seems like you'd want to have a little bit more muscle.
3: Just well, not in only case. that, we
4: heard all the threats of violence, yeah, that were going on. Remember, Robbins had. A bunch of friends on a bus that was going there for the protest. We're like, so uh, are they planning a riot, Scott? (laughs) Well, no, it's a peaceful protest. They're, They're making much out of this or whatever. But there was a big deal talking about, okay, there are legitimate threats that could happen at the Capitol January 6th, blah, blah, blah.
5: Yeah. Okay. So Stephen Sund, this guy was the Capitol Police chief on the day of the riot. Mm -hmm. And he was sort of the sacrificial lamb after the riot. They blamed him. Right. He's out there now. I guess he's got a new book out because he wants to clear his name because he's telling he's telling his side of the story that said basically nobody told us anything. Nobody provided any support. And he sat down and did an interview with Tucker Carlson and a couple of them. Yeah. and, And and this part is shocking to me. Because remember, this is the interview that he did when he was still at Fox, Tucker did, yeah. that didn't
8: air on Fox. right? So he interviewed him again. And roll it. On Sunday and Monday, they had been discussing locking down the city, um, revoking permits on Capitol Hill because of the concern for violence. You know who issues the permits on Capitol Hills for demonstrations? I do. You know who wasn't told? Me. Instead, on January 4th, what does Miller do? He puts out a memo restricting the National Guard from carrying the various weapons, any weapons, any civil disobedience equipment that would be utilized for the very um, um, demonstrations or violence that he sees coming. It just doesn't make any sense.
5: Miller, by the way, is the acting defense secretary at the time. Yes. And no, that doesn't make any sense. We talked about that
4: at the time. What? That makes no sense. So uh, why?
8: You know, you be, you, be, you begin to wonder why, and especially when you look at, at things like something that I, I recently came across. When you talk about the military, um, General Milley, you know, we're now uh, now finding out, and it's not, not from for me. This is from Carol Lenning, you know, investigative reporter with the Washington Post, has found that he was using data miner on his own, coming across intelligence. D- t- tell us what data miner is. So, data miner is an intelligence platform. It's not something your average citizen would have on their uh, computer, but it's not your. It's a it's an intelligence platform. He's picking up intelligence, talking about killing members of Congress and attacking the United States Capitol. And he's not telling me. He's telling select members of Congress. I mean, Carol Lenning writes about it in her book. Um, Why wouldn't they tell him? Yeah, that seems like something you would want to know. Yes. Um, That's concerning as hell, because as the chief of police, you know, there's a duty to warn there. And I should be told so I can take the necessary action. I don't know who else he was telling, but he sure wasn't telling me. I've I've done many national special security events, and this was handled differently. Hmm. No, you know, the intelligence, no jib, no coordination, no discussion in advance. Uh, It's almost like they wanted it to be watered down, the intelligence to be watered down for some reason.
4: Right. It's like they wanted it to happen.
5: Oh, yeah, I think they did want something to happen. And, And I do believe that there are probably some people involved in this that were blocking the information from reaching... The people who needed to hear it, I think there are some people who are legitimately bummed out that it wasn't worse. (laughs) Yeah, that's something. And the other thing that we found out
4: this week is that there were plainclothes officers there that he, that son certainly wouldn't have known about that were telling people to go into the Capitol. Yeah. Okay. So there needs to be another investigation. And I know people will just be like, oh, okay, can't we be done with it all? Mm-hmm. No, man. There's something really crazy that was going down that day. Yeah. And we're getting more clues about that. So more on that a little bit later. want to let you know, CNN, uh, they're serious about covering this 2024 election. Oh, yeah. And they want to get out. We've talked about it so many times. You need to get out of your bubble, you know. Mm-hmm. And so John King from CNN, that's what he's trying to do. He's going out and talking to voters. He's in the Midwest, and he's talking to Republican voters, and he wants to get you know, their reaction to different questions like, uh, well, he asked about Ukraine here.
3: Go ahead.
9: Do you think the United States should be supporting Ukraine in the fight against Putin? Raise your hand. Uh, there was nobody there.
4: No <laughs> one out of nine was raising yeah. their hand. And so as he is... You know back in the CNN studios um, he, he's telling the anchor there you know here's the thing about these GOP voters
9: okay
3: roll this
9: when you hear the Ukraine exchange there it's like watching the open of an old Tucker Carlson show he's not there anymore but that's what it is and these are busy people these are hard-working people uh, there are too many Democrats who want to say they're deplorables or you know why talk to these people uh, there are millions of them
4: okay and just for a second It's like watching, you know, (laughs) Tucker Carlson, what, saying Tucker's full of crap? Where's the receipts? Right. Because that's what you're insinuating, but what exactly do you mean?
0: Yeah.
9: Of course he doesn't say. There are millions of them. Uh, This is a family that literally is is an economic anchor in the community. The business started in the basement employs 80 people. The new solar company employs 15 people. In a part of the country that has been devastated economically and challenged economically the last 25 years. They're good people. They raise money for the Girl Scouts. They go to church. But they believe things that would break our fact-check machine. That's just a fact. And they don't trust us. They think we're part of the problem. Yeah.
3: Are you freaking kidding?
5: Fiery but mostly peaceful. That was <laughs> CNN describing violent riots that were happening across the country. Fiery Russian but mostly collusion. peaceful. Russian collusion. Yes. Uh, Trump stealing mailboxes ahead of the 2020 election. Yes. Gosh, and on why would they and think? on and on. Why would they think that? Horse whipping at the border. Oh yeah. Why would people think that we're part of the problem? Oh, and just this week, a lengthy monologue from a CNN anchor blaming Donald Trump for a drunk guy beating up somebody at a dock in Alabama. And there you go. <laughs> yes. These people think we're part of the problem. Can you
4: believe it? Huh. They're just so misled, uh-huh. clueless. Huh. How about those people? Yeah. Uh, So it looks like there is or isn't going to be a fight now between Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg.
5: Looks like there is going to be one, I suppose. Elon Musk uh, tweeted out that a fight will be managed by uh, his and Mark Zuckerberg, Elon Musk's and uh, Mark Zuckerberg's foundations, not UFC. He says, live stream will be on this platform on X and Meta, Facebook. Everything in camera frame will be ancient Rome, so nothing monitored at all. He claims that he spoke to the Prime Minister of Italy and the Minister of Culture. They have agreed on a quote-unquote epic location. Everything done will pay respect to the past and present of Italy. All proceeds go to veterans, is what they say. Musk versus Zuckerberg. This is going to happen. This is awesome. Are they going to fight in the Coliseum? (laughs) I'm in, man. I admit it. (laughs) That's the first thing. Whatever you want. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me you wouldn't watch that.
4: Absolutely. I'd watch it. We're in, man. We betting on that. Are you kidding me? All right. Much to get to. Okay. Guess what has doubled since the pandemic? And what has doubled? The answer and much more coming up right here. All right. The monthly Van Camp and Robin show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins out today. Back on Monday, Weasley little man, Merrick Garland, AG yeah. announcing there's going to be a special counsel
5: for Hunter Biden. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So now uh, the Attorney General Merrick Garland <laughs> has named a special counsel to have an independent review of Hunter Biden's activities, uh, and potentially how those connect to Joe Biden. But the special counsel is David Weiss. <laughs> now I and know they can't it,
4: keep their story straight already.
5: Yeah, David Weiss, by the way, is the prosecutor who has been investigating uh, Hunter Biden. He is the same one who worked out that sweetheart plea deal with Hunter Biden, the one that fell apart a couple weeks ago. Yep. Because, well, the the judge actually read the agreement and said, "Hey, wait a minute. It looks like in this document you're agreeing to not prosecute him for anything." That happened up until this point. It's unbelievable.
4: And then Weiss had said, well, the charges would have to come from Garland. And Garland's like, no, that would have to be David yeah. Weiss. And he's the guy named. It's almost like the middle finger goes up from yeah. Garland, from his little stature, saying, uh, yeah, what are you going to do about it? That's yeah.
5: basically what is happening, it feels well, like. Well, the other thing is... Is, and maybe I, I hope I'm wrong about this. I really do. I hope to be proven wrong about this uh, at, a, at a later time. What this does, though, is it protects certain information uh, and keeps it out of the hands of congressional Republicans who are doing their own investigation.
4: Because oh well, and
5: this is under investigation right yeah. now, and that, that's not something we can do because right, exactly. it is under an investigation. It's just a Weasley move, right? And now, now it's ongoing investigation. Okay, we're going to try to get this witness in front of this committee. No, we can't do that because the special counsel is talking to them. This is just gamesmanship. It's just locking down uh, the information away from the American public. And then you know, if if you're thinking that there may be actors who are getting ready to uh, push Joe Biden overboard, well, it does give them the ability to do that away from prying eyes. Basically, sort of assemble the chess pieces correctly, and whenever they're ready to go, they just go.
9: This guy, just the worst, man, all the way around. uh, That question, uh, uh, I just haven't thought about that question. I I, I think he doesn't
4: answer anything, honestly. And you know, and you knew he wasn't going to take questions today. It's the prepared statement and then gone. Yeah. The way that goes. All right. Ask the question, what has doubled since the pandemic?
5: Aside from Nancy Pelosi's portfolio, um, (laughs) no, across the country, students have been absent at record rates since schools reopened during the pandemic. More than a quarter of students missed at least 10% of the 2021-2022 school year, making them what's called chronically absent uh, before the pandemic, wow. it, was, it was at about 15% chronic absenteeism. So you, you've got about six and a half million more students now chronically absent from school because, well, they just fell off everybody's radar. And wouldn't yeah. you know it, of course, they, you know, you know, the way the AP frames it is, well, it's, it, this is, of course, hurting black and brown students mo- most. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And that's what we were saying. And you called us racists for it. Right. Yeah, you people that claim to want to help black yeah. and brown people so much keep destroying their lives. California went from about 12% chronic absenteeism to 30%. New York wow. went from 18 to 32 Oregon's at 36%. D.C. is now at 48% chronic absenteeism. We are in a lot of trouble in this country. In so many different ways. Wow.
4: That is something. All right, much to get to, um, including... The question comes up, should Biden declare it a climate emergency because of the tragic fires in Hawaii? That's a climate emergency now? (laughs) Well, try to make sense of that and much more. Coming up right here. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robert Show. I'm Jamie Markley, the Gen Xer. David Van Camp, the millennial, the sexy boomer. Scott Robbins is off today. He'll be back on Monday.
5: Yesterday, you brought Chris Hayes to the show, Yeah. The dude that's on MSNBC. Yeah, Chris Hayes, he's the guy who looks like a cross between Amy Schumer and a French Bulldog with irritable bowel syndrome. <laughs> you always
4: got something fresh for that guy, but it's always funny say that. Uh, this is kind of an amazing interview he had with Maisie Hirono. Now, tragic what's happened in Hawaii. The people dying with the fires, everything else. But the question here is whether or not biden should declare a climate emergency due to the fires i thought the thought was someone set the fire
5: yeah that did i get that wrong it was it's suspected arson i mean that and yeah and also that so i guess the 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 climate cultists are saying well it's because maui was in severe drought at the time uh but the biggest problem, and this goes back years, is that with rapid development uh, of residential areas uh, in Hawaii, uh, they have a lot of non-native grasses that people are bringing in because they look nice. Yeah, you well, brought that up. Yeah, the yeah. problem is you've got to water them a lot. And if there are any water restrictions, they dry out like that. And then it's just, I mean, then it's off to the races if there's a fire. Okay. So, I mean, this is just another example of anything
4: that happens. You get the crazies on the left Mm -hmm. trying to make this a climate emergency. Just pick it up with, again, one of the smartest ever um, as far as a senator. Maisie Hirono with Chris Hayes.
3: Um, you talk about a, a federal natural disaster declaration. I saw some uh, Hawaiian uh, uh, politicians and, and, and sort of prominent public leaders um, calling on the president to declare a climate emergency. This is something that.
5: had you heard that before? Well, Joe Biden, during that interview with the Weather Channel, claimed he'd already declared a climate right. emergency, which that's yes. not true. It is not true. Anyway, pick it back up in there.
3: What that would effectuate and what that would allow him to do, though there's interesting arguments about the power of it. um, Is it something that you're looking for? Do you think there's some kind of climate tipping point that there's some executive urgency necessary that is currently not present? And again, all I'm
4: thinking is, wait a second, I thought we heard that it was suspected arson. Anyway, go ahead.
2: This administration and the Democratic Congress truly has uh, has focused more on fighting climate change than any others. Because note that some $300 billion was in the Inflation Reduction Act with not a single Republican voting for it to combat uh, global warming and climate change. Okay,
4: I feel like we skipped a groove there. Like, we've got AI and they just got the wrong question.
5: Yeah, yeah well, artificial intelligence, that's a pretty <laughs> apt description of these two.
4: No, I. There's more, but he's asking, should Biden do more? Well, we Democrats have done more, and Republicans didn't vote for it at all. It's like she's just picking up the talking yeah. points.
2: Uh, global warming and climate change and, and getting us away from reliance on fossil fuel. And yes, of course, there's more that we can do. But I've been announcing grants uh, to fight climate change brought to us by the EPA, for example. And, and so all of these kinds of efforts. It makes you
4: laugh, David.
2: It honestly makes
5: you what laugh. They're, what they're talking about is grants to change the weather. hmm That Joe Biden can somehow, from an executive position, change the weather. Yeah. That he can do. Okay, and let's say that you're all in on, on the climate hysteria, that you're all, totally in. You're saying we're all, you know— We're reaching a tipping point in the next 10 years that we'll never be able to walk back from, and uh, it'll be the end of humanity. Our grandchildren will never forgive us, uh, and it's actually responsible to not have kids because they're going to die a horrible climate change death Mm -hmm. by the time they're in their 30s. Say you're all in on that. The United States actually has been pretty good about managing carbon emissions on its own. That is true. China is doubling, tripling, and quadrupling down on using coal as a source of energy and other fossil fuels. And when it comes to carbon emissions, it's not even close who the biggest offender is in the world. So what is Joe Biden going to do that will somehow nullify China and then control the weather? It makes no sense. Right. No one not done it. The history books will notice. It. Yeah, it makes no sense. Just no, like that. N- no one not, to, not makes more sense than that theory. Yes.
4: Well, I think you're, and I admire it, you're trying to make sense of this. Mm. There's no sense to be made. It's just, it is climate change and climate alarmism, and we need more power. And you got Maisie out there selling These
2: it. These kinds of efforts need to continue. But, Chris, there are some states where you can't even use the term climate change. They're running away from it, head in the sand. Uh, But it's very clear what we're experiencing in Hawaii and so many other parts of the world.
4: Again, it's like my talking points to rip on Republicans. It's not to deal with what's going on in my state right now.
1: What?
4: It is again, man. We're trying to make sense of something from someone that's so dumb. What? Just an exercise in perseverance, more than anything,
5: to get through it. In what state? Can you not say climate change? What I don't does she know. Say? Is that like a just make crap up? Is that a colloquialism, or is she actually suggesting that that some states have banned the term? People Maybe. from using the term climate change. I don't know. Okay. I don't know what she means.
4: Oh my gosh! There's another 30 seconds. I don't know that we can take it. I think we better move on. All right. Okay. Well, you have a story about a trans dude getting kicked out of a conference asking about trans stuff right
5: yeah so aaron terrell is a trans man a woman who transitioned several years ago i want to say it was like a decade ago okay that uh she became a he a trans man right um and aaron helped start what's called the gender dysphoria alliance a few years ago what they do is they push for actual evidence-based treatment plans for people who have gender dysphoria in order to prevent a bunch of young people from making lifelong and damaging changes. You know, this person's entire point is there is not really a holistic approach to treating gender dysphoria. It's just affirm, affirm, affirm. And that's not good because some people don't need that. Well, it's good if you have money in those hospitals. Well, yeah. Well, Aaron attended the World Professional Association for Transgender Health, WPATH. Uh, Okay. Now, Aaron did it online and got attacked for asking for evidence that transitioning kids is beneficial at all. This is Aaron talking to Fox News Digital. Okay, roll it.
0: They were presenting options on different medical interventions that genderqueer and non-binary youth... Could pursue, um, so so these are not people who are looking to transition from one gender to the other. They are just identifying as gender queer or non-binary. Basically, how to market these to these 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 young people? Why would a teenager who has this you know you know this kind of you know trendy quirky identity need medical interventions? Nobody asked that question. It was just how do we get their parents to their transphobic parents Uh-oh. to agree to. These irreversible, completely unnecessary, in my view, uh, medical interventions.
4: Well, that's the game. You're not yeah. supposed to tell people that, dude. Right.
0: I asked the question of what what providers could do to ensure that cis children weren't being transitioned unnecessarily. But I did not receive any messages because I was actually uh, second time evicted from the conference uh, within just a few minutes of putting that that uh, question up there.
5: Wow. Now. Now, again, this is a person who is a trans man, had the surgery and everything years ago. You still can't ask that question. And they all, they all dogpiled him and said, oh, this is a, you're, you're a transphobe, you're <laughs> hateful, this is hate speech, all of that. Somebody who's walked the walk, somebody who's actually done it, and as far as I can tell, is not actually totally against The idea of sex change procedures for anyone at any age, really. But just saying, we got to, we got to, you know, when we look at standards of care, you got to use evidence in order to back up why you want to do something. Transphobe! That's amazing, isn't it? I know you're trans, but transphobe? Yeah.
4: Yeah, that's like Larry Elder. He's a white supremacist. Right. You know, it's the same sort of thought base, I guess. Wow, that's wild, man. All right. Time to roll over here and get to this part of the show where we just talk about
5: stories you may have seen. They're not the biggest of the day, but it caught your attention. So what's your story today, David? Well, we just talked about MSNBC's Chris Hayes, and I want to talk about MSNBC's Rachel Maddow, who looks like what would happen to Chris Hayes if he went outside once in a while. Uh, So there's a (laughs) new-ish rifle on the market. It's a 22 lr rifle that's called the JR-15. I remember uh, Gavin Newsom, the governor of California, freaked out about it because, oh, my gosh, it's marketing to children. It's it's small, lightweight, low-powered, so kids can learn how to safely operate rifles. Okay. Fairly popular. Um, and she lost her mind about this. Why? Okay, I'll just roll it.
10: If there is one consumer product that American needs, one thing we're just... Missing as a country, it's probably a gun that is specifically designed for babies. A gun specifically designed to be wielded.
4: Babies? What are you talking about?
10: A gun specifically designed to be wielded by babies. Because why should any kid have to wait until they're done with the teething process before they can start carrying their own assault rifle? explicitly targeting the gun to the teething toddler market clear enough here's another view of the same target consumer maybe she's what five i think she's five and if america is now marketing smaller lighter fully functional semi-automatic assault rifles for five-year-olds i mean what's next why would we stop there? If they really want to get the full market share that might be available to them, maybe they could do an even littler one that babies could use in the crib. Uh, yeah. Maybe they could like fire it with their feet or something.
5: I, I always kind of joked about this, but hey, let, let's try to find a compromise between the left and the right. You give unborn babies assault rifles so that they have a fighting chance against abortionists. <laughs> No, that's that's completely unhinged, and I I think the the young girl that was holding the Jr. fifteen in this pamphlet photo, I think she's seven or something like that. Like my gun club won't will will do youth shooting uh, events, but I think you have to be eight for it. Right. My dad got his first rifle when he was seven. Yeah. A lot of people don't have this unnatural fear of guns. I know. Well, people that never grew up around guns. Yeah.
4: Well, they freak out like I just did right yeah. there. You'll hear that. Wow. You know what? I didn't even plan this. For my story today, um, it sort of involves a gun, but not really. You'll understand what I mean. Okay. I don't know if you heard this story. This was Allentown, Pennsylvania. Um, and this has to do with autocorrect. She had texted a friend, this lady. I think I just, when she meant to say, like, pooped myself. But mm-hmm. she used the S word. Okay. The autocorrect said, shot.
5: (laughs) Oh, gosh.
4: Okay. So, this, the friend gets the text, I think I just shot myself. So, the friend immediately calls 911. So, the woman who texted had been dealing with some health issues. And at this point, we don't know her age. But she was waiting to have surgery on both hips. She was having trouble getting around. Mm. So police responded the call. And as they say, this is where it gets a little unfortunate. She told them through her ring doorbell that she couldn't get to the door. Um, but didn't need help. She's fine. And then she tried to explain the autocorrect thing. But they were still worried that she might harm herself. And probably they'd be held liable if they left so they blocked her ring camera and waited her out she eventually then cracked her door a couple hours later to see if they were gone yeah and she says yanked her outside restrained her and smashed her face into the door whoa so this all happened back in february but we're just hearing about it now because she's suing the lawsuit claims they also illegally detained her for 13 hours Causing pain and psychological distress, all because of the autocorrect when she's mm-hmm. trying to say, I crap myself, but no, it said I shot myself.
5: <laughs> so, was she like sitting in poo the entire 13 hours?
4: <laughs> I don't think she actually did. Ah. She thought she did. I
5: you don't know. It was know. a
4: risky <laughs> fart. I don't
5: know. <laughs> well, t- you know what? Everybody gambles on a fart and loses sometimes. You it know happens? <laughs> uh,. So And we don't know the cop side of the story yet, so we're just going to wait and see,
4: yeah. but this is kind of an interesting story. And then any time I see imprint shot myself or something like that, I think, and this is classic audio from this show at least, of the guy on YouTube that was doing the gun safety thing yeah. that was trying to do the quick pull and shot himself. Yeah. And that audio, <laughs> and it was a deal at the time, because I remember you had the original audio where he just says...
0: I just... F-
4: myself. He was very angry with himself.
1: Oh, son of a, I just shot myself.
4: <laughs> yes. And then of course, someone had to put it to music, if you remember.
6: I just shot myself. I just shot myself. I just shot myself. Oh son of a I just shot myself. Just shot
4: <laughs> now that's gonna be stuck in your head the rest of the day. You're welcome. <laughs> Holy smoke, man. All right, a lot to get to. Uh uh who called the electric vehicle, the one they got, the biggest scam of all time? I think you'll want to hear this story and much more coming up right here. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robin show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp's got Robins out. He'll be back on Monday.
5: Okay, who called his electric vehicle the biggest scam of all time? Uh dude in Canada uh dalbir Bali lives in the winnipeg area he bought a uh ford f-150 lightning ev in january All Right, cost him one hundred fifteen thousand dollars plus tax Man. Uh, he needed the vehicle for his work but he also wanted something that he could you know take out go go fishing with and, and drive up to his cabin whatever um and he said hey look i wanted to be eco-friendly and whatnot well uh, it turns out he had to install two chargers, one at work and one at home, for ten thousand dollars. And mm. well, he had to upgrade his home's electric panel, wound up ca- uh, costing him one hundred thirty thousand dollars total plus tax. Oh, then man. he took it on a road trip, <laughs> couldn't find a charging station anywhere. Actually, filled up at one place that was a high speed one. It took a couple hours, and it cost him the same as it would cost him to fill up a gas truck.
3: Oh
4: man!
5: Wound up having to get it towed. Cautionary
1: tale, as they say. Yeah. Yeah.
4: This is the Markley Van Camp
1: and Robbins Show.
0: Are you ready?
1: Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. Did
0: we just become best friends, Yep.
1: Making sense of it all.
0: Oh, I get it.
1: And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. <laughs>
4: The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp. Scott Robbins out today,
5: back on Monday. News update David Van Camp. Well, there's a couple now. So, the Attorney General, Merrick Garland. Whole uh, <laughs> ca- shaky. Yeah, came out today and said, All right, I'm going to make uh, a special counsel in this case against Hunter Biden to make sure that everybody sees how independent the entire investigation is, and we are not messing with this at all. And the special counsel is David Weiss, the same guy who struck that sweetheart plea deal with Hunter Biden, which said, "Okay, just don't do it again, pal, and you'll be free to go. On all charges. On all charges. Everything. I mean, now, if you break the law in the future, we'll have to work out another immunity agreement. But, you know, now, (laughs) but but anything you did in the past, you know, we're we're not going to worry about all of that. So now Merrick Garland has come out and said... Because that plea deal fell apart, because the judge actually read it and said this doesn't make any sense. I don't even think this is legal. Right uh, now, Merrick Garland says special counsel. Now, about an hour ago, when this news was breaking, I said I hope I'm wrong about this, but I can't help. I can't help but kind of feel like really what this is about is making sure that congressional Republicans investigating the business dealings don't have access to the people who would be in a position to know because now there's an ongoing special counsel investigation. Then it well, that's the up. first thought you have. Yeah. There's got to be a reason they're doing this. Right. Then uh, David Weiss, the now special counsel, uh, filed a motion uh, saying that they're going to be reopening this because the plea deal, they have reached an impasse with Hunter Biden's attorneys, so there will be no deal. They want to go to trial, but... They want to move it out of the current jurisdiction. and Well, they want to move it to D.C. or California. Let's find a nice Democrat oh, judge oh, oh, oh. <laughs> to oh, chop this thing goodness. around to. I thought it was funny, though, because it's come to my attention, though, that uh, uh, Catherine Herridge on CBS, who's one of the only, if maybe the only, mainstream media or, or uh, legacy media, whatever you want to call it, a uh, reporter who's really been running this stuff down. I mean, she was the first one to start talking to whistleblowers about corruption involving uh, uh, this investigation on the IRS front, et cetera. And if you haven't heard it, it's one of the questions we've had for a while: Why CBS? Yeah, one of the only ones from Legacy Media on this. And, and, and harridge is
4: the one. Yeah, it seems
5: like it's Catherine harridge more than it is CBS. And but they have to okay it, right? And she brought up that point as well.
8: A former federal prosecutor I spoke to just before this event said to me the appointment of a special counsel would have the effect of delaying a resolution on the Hunter Biden matter in his opinion. And it would certainly delay any anticipated testimony from the U.S. attorney in Delaware to Republicans on Capitol Hill who have been seeking (laughs) that testimony for several months. So it's an extraordinary development considering where the two parties were two weeks ago, to wrap up this year's long case, now to the appointment of a special counsel that will have these broad authorities, most importantly, to continue this ongoing investigation, Margaret.
4: <laughs> the other part it does, with the way Garland laid it out there earlier today, President was,
9: has uh, no, made clear that yeah, we are uh, uh, nah, 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 is- a question of allocation of reason. Okay,
4: hold on a second. That he he makes it so it's all about Hunter Biden. It's mm-hmm. not about the Biden family. Right. This only has to do with Hunter Biden. And so if Legacy Media picks that part up, it's still just to do with uh, Hunter Biden. Obviously, Joe Biden loves his son and supports yeah. his son, and he's at a rough road, blah, 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 blah. No, it's about how it's linked to the corruption from Joe Biden, who's compromised from China and Ukraine. That's where it leads. They're not going to tell you that. But that's the real story. Wow. Yeah, we want to get it moved to California. (laughs) Give me a break. Or D.C. Either one will do. Right. Okay. So there's that update. Um, All right, let's go to the uh, border crisis because you're seeing more and more people coming across. We had cartels coming across, armed. Yeah. Body armor this week. That was not picked up by Legacy
5: Media And who is saying this thing is making us look bad? Yeah, New York Democrat Jamal Bowman, he wants Joe Biden to take more action on the border crisis, but not because of the humanitarian disaster part. This is what he said to uh, NY1. Okay. I mean, We need leadership from President Biden, period. We need that leadership right here in New York State because, you know, New York State is struggling. We're struggling to provide housing and all the supports that the migrants need. Here's the thing. Democrats are looking bad right now uh, in New York State. And that's unacceptable when we have to win at least four congressional oh. seats to take oh. back the House. So hopefully the president is listening. Yeah. Listen, all these people that we're importing won't have voting rights for years. All right. We're we got to win now, baby. All right, come on.
4: Boy, with these people, it's never just about doing the right thing. Nope. Even if you risk your career whatever, you know what? You just do the right thing, and if you keep doing that, things will work out. Nope. Abandon that. No, it's making us look bad. Yep. Can't have that. Then we won't get elected. How terrible would that be? Oh, my goodness. Okay, I saw this story earlier. And this was Wall Street Journal. And the question is, how hot is it really? Temperature indexes disagree. You see the story, David, yeah. because you've been on this for a little while, and it's confusing because mm-hmm. you have climate alarmists all over the place talking about this all the time. As this story lays out, well, it depends on what index you're using if a record is getting broken. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that it hasn't been, you know, crazy freaking hot different parts of the country in different parts of the year but it is it you know so nuts that this is armageddon this is the end well well no it's not and i know you had commentary on this because you've watched it unfold and especially as you're you know certainly hot in texas
5: when you see this what's the reaction well the reaction is it's always kind of hot and One of the things that has been mind-blowing to me is when they talk about records being broken, a lot of these records go back, in some cases, 100 years. So was climate change a thing 100 years ago, or is this just unseasonably hot? And then you try to to parse through this river of BS and, and understand, okay, what is really going on here? Because you can't really trust anybody. But the other thing I think that was really interesting, and this, was, this, this thought was kicked off by a meteorologist, and now I'm totally blanking on his name, in DFW, who had talked about record-setting heat, Dallas-Fort Worth, North Texas. Mm-hmm. And um, someone had made the point to him that one of the reasons why in the Metroplex it is so much hotter could have to do with a population boom over the last several years because a lot of people are moving to Texas, a lot of people moving to Dallas-Fort Worth and other cities in Texas. Mm -hmm. Um, And with that population boom comes more development, which means more green spaces paved over, which means heat doesn't get absorbed into the ground. It gets reflected back up. And so when you have these, and if you've ever been to Dallas-Fort Worth, I mean, it is just a humongous... (laughs) parking lot you know i mean it's a i lived there for several years and it's a you know it's a um there's a lot of paved over areas same thing with houston same thing with austin san antonio any major metropolitan area phoenix as well so and, and and the the uh meteorologist actually pointed out yeah the population has boomed and there are a lot uh there's a lot more pavement out there that does reflect heat back up and so then i'm also wondering Is the air temperature actually hotter because of any sort of warming? And I think you can kind of make that argument looking around the world and all of that. But then when you look at individual municipal records being broken, how much really does have to do with the fact that millions of people have moved into these cities in the south over the last several years? That's pretty interesting. I
4: had not heard that take before. But, you know, you're just talking about, well, like it said in that Wall Street Journal story, you know, you've got these different measures that factor in humidity or sunlight, wind speed, all that. And then it can be misleading. And all you need are activists to take whatever number that will put fear into people and then use it. And again, man, it's not to say that there's not some sort of issue, but it's the alarmists that go over the top. And I mentioned this before. John Stossel used to be a reporter with ABC, used to be a part of twenty twenty all that years ago. He does his own thing now, John Stossel reports. And he was talking with Judith Curry, who is a climate expert, but now she's known as a climate denier.
9: Okay? And he kind of tells her story and it's it's very interesting. Researcher Judith Curry says climate scientists have an incentive to exaggerate risk. Why? Mm-hmm. What's in it for them? Fame and fortune. (laughs) She knows about that because she once spread alarm about climate change. And the media loved her when she published this study saying there was an increase in hurricane intensity.
7: We found that the percent of category 4 and 5 hurricanes had doubled.
9: Really? Doubled?
7: And so this was picked up by the media. Alarmists said, oh, here's the way to do it.
4: It being, get the public alarmed. Right. So this is like around 2005, around Katrina, stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. And so then,
9: well, the story goes on. So this hysteria is your fault. Well, sort of.
7: <laughs> <laughs> Not really. They, they, they would have picked up on it on anyways.
9: But Curry's more intense hurricanes gave them fuel.
7: I was adopted by the environmental advocacy groups and the Ooh. alarmists, and I was treated like a rock star. What does that mean, treated
9: like a rock oh star? Oh, my
7: God, I was flown all over the place to meet with politicians and to give these talks and lots of media attention.
9: But then some researchers pointed Uh-oh. out gaps in her research, years with low levels of hurricanes.
5: Okay, and what would that person
4: be called today? Climate denier!
5: Yeah. Well, or a researcher at the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, but well, yes. yeah, because NOAA, the thing that runs the National Weather Service, right? They came to the same conclusion that no, actually, we can't, we can't say that hurricanes have been more frequent or more or bigger, right? And but and she admits it.
7: So, like a good scientist, I went in and investigated all that stuff.
9: She realized her critics were right. Oh.
7: Part of it was bad, data. Part of it is natural climate variability.
9: So you're the unusual researcher who looks at criticism of your paper and actually concluded they had a point. They had a point for Yes, they had a point.
4: By the way, if you cut to the chase, she lost her job. Mm-hmm. professor and everything else
9: but I realized that climate change fanatics had corrupted the science because there's a climate change industry set up to reward alarmism. Wow origins go back
7: to the 1980s and the UN environmental program
9: some UN officials had a specific agenda
7: anti-capitalism they hated the oil Mm. companies Mm -hmm. and they seized on the climate change issue as one to move their policies along,
9: the UN created what's called the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change. <laughs> <laughs> and there you go. Yep. And it
4: goes on from there. It's worth a watch if you're into it. Um, but just to bring that up as an example, that's why anytime you see it, that is like this full court press every day. Another oh, climate alarmism mm-hmm. stuff. There's a reason behind it. Oh sure, it's just money
5: and power. Absolutely.
4: Okay. I know you got a story about a dude that pretended to be what just to get into some sort of program? Oh, well,
5: he pretended to be trans. <laughs> to get into a university program? Yeah. yeah oh, I a... got
4: to hear about that.
5: Where was it at? In Norway? This oh, hilarious.
4: Yeah. yeah. Definitely want to hear that story. Also want to get to uh are, this is crazy. Is there really is this true? A California power company saying, "Let's get the power from people's electric cars?" Oh, yeah. Really? It's all coming up right here. The Marksley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Marksley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins out today. Back on Monday. Okay. Which way you want to go? Let's talk about the power company first before we get to the uh, dude pretending to be trans.
5: Yeah. Uh, so PG&E, a uh, power provider in California. The CEO has come up with a way... To try to prevent future blackouts in the state of California. Right. And it involves your brand-new electric vehicle. See, there's a bi-directional charging in some newer uh, electric vehicles, and what that means is that your car can charge when you plug into the house, and if the power goes out, you can also power your house using your car as a generator. Okay. Well, what they're talking about now doing is being able to siphon that energy back into the grid (laughs) in order to prop up the grid.
4: The left, just buy into our stuff and
5: then keep on giving. It's like Massachusetts. We got a micro problem. Open your homes, would you? Yeah. So the CEO said right now today there is no technology and no auto manufacturer. Whose car can actually send power back to the bridge or uh, back uh, up to the grid? Right now, that doesn't exist, but hey, maybe it'll happen. You know, there are 125 vehicle-to-grid projects going on globally. Um, also, San Diego has a pilot program with school buses using bidirectional charging that feeds into the grid at the end of the day. They're saying, well, it's a gigantic, unharnessed, untapped power source that can be used. Most vehicles are sitting unparked, unused 95% of the time. Yeah, but if you're charging it. Right. Because, of course, it will start <laughs> as a voluntary thing, right? We'll, we'll pay yeah. you back, uh, similar to how uh, uh, solar generators can work, where you can essentially sell power back to the, to the power company. That's how your power bill goes so low. Um but, you know, we've seen the stories now about how people's smart homes have been hijacked by yes. the local power companies in Colorado yes. and other places during a heat wave. So that, you know, you might have it set at 75. Well, the power company is going to jack that up to 85. <laughs> and you have no
4: say over it. You will and all own I hear in my head is Kamala cackling about electric school buses. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of which, just a quick story. Did you hear? Our friends in Louisville already know this. What happened? With the school buses the other day, first day of school, bus system so messed up, kids are getting home at 10 o'clock at night. Holy mackerel. Driver shortages, new routes caused this failure, and then the superintendent is trying to explain it. You tell me, as far as management goes, is this a, a good apology? Is this a good way to go about it? Uh, Roll that audio.
8: First and foremost, I want to take this opportunity to apologize for last night. Drivers, it's not on the school. It's on me and my team, and we are going to fix this. We are going to take the next four days to make sure we work extremely hard to fix the errors that are in our transportation system right now. But I have to make sure our kids are safe, and we will not have a repeat of what happened, and we will not be in school until I know we can get kids home safely.
5: You know what that that is a good. I, I was a little worried at first when with the first bit of the corporate speak. That's a damn fine apology. It's on me. It's, it's right? on me. We're going to we're going to get this fixed, okay? That's
4: a freaking leader, man. That's yeah. what a leader sounds like.
5: Yeah. I totally agree. All right, we got to get to the other story. <laughs> the trans guy coming up. This is the Markley Van camp and Robin show. All right, biggest story of the day. I got Sorry, but a local government official actually took responsibility for something. That's, a, that, that's on me. That's yes. That's the biggest story of the day. It might be. And isn't that a sad thing? Isn't that a sad commentary on, on the state of politics and just society in general? How it's actually surprising when a person in a leadership position says, this was on me, this was a total screw-up, um, we're going to get this fixed, I promise.
4: Honestly, I hadn't even planned on bringing it into the show, and all of a sudden, buses, and I was thinking about it. I'm like, no, man, that was refreshing to me, and I wanted your honest reaction to it. It, it, Yes, it is sort of a sad commentary. No doubt about it. All right, We will get to the dude pretending to be trans to get into a university program and much more coming up. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. I'm Jeremy Markley. That's David Van Camp. Scott Robbins is out today. He's back on Monday. Yes, the big story of the day is this special counsel news.
5: Yeah, so Merrick Garland, the attorney general, has come out and said that David Weiss, the prosecutor who was responsible for the attempt on a sweetheart plea deal with Hunter Biden, David mm-hmm. Weiss is now a special prosecutor or special counsel, I should say, and, uh, w- which really doesn't mean anything other than it's an excuse for the people involved to not testify in front of Congress. It's a way to lockbox the entire investigation now so nobody has to answer questions about why David Weiss, this prosecutor, was supposed to be or was was trying to let Hunter off the hook for everything. Because he can say, well, I'm not going to do this because now I'm a special counsel. I got these privileges and all of this. So I, I hope that proves to be wrong. I really do. I hope this does mean that he's got some, um, a little bit more independence here. But I'm not confident um, that that will be the case. Well, we knew someone was lying between Mary Garland and David Weiss. Yeah.
4: One of the two. And to put that guy in charge tells you pretty much everything you need to know. Yeah. Because he tried to slide it through that Hunter wouldn't be guilty of anything. And the judge catches it, but yet now he's in charge of this special counsel. Right. Any thinking person sees through this Mm -hmm. for what it is. But I would imagine it will go right along as we usually do in this country with, honestly, and I don't mean it to sound mean, but half the people really don't understand what's going on. No, they don't. Because they've been lied to. Yes. That's pretty much basically it. So we're keeping an eye on that. You know, Biden keeps throwing the Bidenomics thing out there. They're Mm -hmm. still trying to sell that. It's not working. We've had different, you know, audio clips of the week, even on CNN. Jake Tapper, not understanding. It's not connecting with people. Yeah.
5: You know all these excuses. People just don't understand how good it actually is. Yeah, n- no. If if you manage your own finances, you know that Bidenomics is not working. But no, that I mean, you keep saying that. Like, no people understand
4: what's happening. And I saw this piece. It was Daily Mail. Andy Puzder, who is senior fellow at the Heritage Foundation, he just throws out the facts, saying, uh, "Right now, you've got forty-six percent of Americans say." They could cover an unexpected four hundred dollar bill that they couldn't without taking on debt. Mm-hmm. Do you ever think of it in those terms? That's a lot of people four hundred dollars. Yeah, it is. You need oh, two new tires.
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're gonna have to gonna have to put it on a credit card. Yes, credit card debt.
4: We talked about this earlier this week. Has topped one trillion dollars for the first time in the history of the country. And how many reports there have been of people that, yes, they have to take on more credit card debt just to pay their bills. And in the second quarter of this year, 36% more people drained their retirement accounts to make ends meet. Mm. And you're trying to sell the economy to people. That's pretty tough.
5: Yeah. Well, it's impossible because you're not not—you're not even talking about... Uh, and, and a lot of other economic indicators are, are really important for different reasons. But when you're out there trying to sell an unemployment rate being low and GDP being, uh, having some modest gains, when people are going into debt to buy groceries, they could not care less about that. It no. doesn't affect them. It doesn't matter to them. Why would it? I mean, well, I... I I don't know. I, I think part of the problem is that you got too many people in national media and in politics who've never strategically bounced checks at the grocery store before. I have, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, when you're like, okay, well, I know that they'll take my check, uh, so it'll bounce. I won't be able to write a check there again at the old sack and save, but it'll cost me 20 bucks for the return fee and whatnot, but it, I'll, I'll, it'll buy me a few days so I yeah. can still have ramen in the, in the pantry.
4: It is such this confused thing because you'll have them talk about how great things are, and then you will have Kamala Harris out there at some point in time saying, you know, people are hurting. Yeah. Well, which is it? And then you have Biden, you know, a couple of days ago talking about we've got to help migrants that are leaving where they're at because of climate change. Dude, you know what? It's worth revisiting this. This is really an amazing piece of audio. Because as the economy is not what they're building it up to be, and this guy can barely put a sentence together, and you're trying to make sense of what this actually means, this interview that Biden does with the Weather Channel, and then try to tell people, yeah, he's really out there talking to people. Yeah.
7: Really? Is it the responsibility of the U.S. to protect migrants who might be fleeing extreme weather in their countries?
5: I've never heard that before. Yeah. We... we, What? Wait a minute, I thought Hawaii, I thought a U.S. state was on fire right now because of climate change. Why would anyone want to come here?
4: Exactly. And we see the news reports all the time. Oh, my gosh, it's climate change. It's heat like we've never seen throughout the southeast and the
6: southwest. Look, I think the the United States should do everything it can to help people who are in desperate need have no other means of help. And we've always done that. It is not ours. It is just who we are. We're the United States of America. Okay, is, can you tell me, David, where at
4: in the world right now is the climate so terrible, it's like the heat is killing people where they need somewhere to go. Is that happening somewhere? Uh, no.
6: Okay. just want to make sure
4: that I didn't lose something
6: there. We're the United States of America. And the idea to begrudge the ability to do for example, one of the things we're doing is we're providing for changing the environment, the, the, the physical structures in the countries which they come from. So they don't have, so they have better lighting. They have more secure, uh, for example, you have all so many... Le- Too many are in the dark? What are we
5: saying? They don't, better lighting?
6: What? have all, so many lead pipes all across America and throughout the country. You have 440,000 schools you turn on the water fountain and you may have lead in the water and and so and Four, forty thousand schools people we're replacing every single lead pipe in america
4: if we ever had a president in our history that said something that incoherent it
5: would be the big story for three days dude that's just another day in the biden presidency i remember during the bush administration there were actual books published of bushisms word of the day count yes because george bush would put his uh, foot in his mouth a lot yes but, but this guy uh, starts talking about climate change in Central and South America, then claims there are 440,000 schools in the United <laughs> States, which we don't have that many schools in the United States, no. but he claims we have that many and they have lead pipes. Yeah. We're going yep. to replace lead pipes in 440,000 schools in order to help migrants who are fleeing their countries because of climate change. You're right. That would be the story for three days. What the hell did that guy just say? Exactly. Nope.
4: No, we call that Tuesday or Wednesday, whatever. Right. Okay. Uh, CNN
5: is lying about trans surgeries again. Yeah, Chrissy Clark put together this nice little fact check of it. I don't know if you saw, CNN published uh, a story about a small study uh, claiming there is a 0% regret rate for those who underwent a double mastectomy to change uh, genders. I can tell you that's flat that's, out wrong. That's Of a course lie. that is. Yeah, of course that's a lie. Uh, so as uh, Chrissy Clark again puts it, uh, CNN claims this study uh, surveyed 235 people. Actually, 235 people were eligible for the study. They only actually talked to 139. Okay. Um, and respond, respondents who were more likely to respond uh, if the surgery went well. The median age of the respondents was 27 years old. So you're not talking about a 14 year old Uh, and the study referenced claims no one reversed their double mastectomy and that inferred no reversal equaled no regret. Well, that's demonstrably false because there are detransitioners like Chloe Cole, of course, who has been outspoken on this and what gender ideology has done to her life and her body. Mm -hmm. Uh, She didn't re-augment her breasts. She regrets her transition. But according to this study, she would be counted as somebody with no regrets wow and then finally the post-op time of interviews was not explicit study says post-op time for respondents was between uh two and 23 and a half years
4: that's just the evil man yeah to mislead people like that
1: wow and, and then you get the, the nice story. little headline
4: oh yeah of course you do um Who was the guy that was pretending to be trans to get into this university program?
5: A guy in Norway pretended to be trans to game the equity system in a prestigious university program. So the uh, Norwegian University of Science and Technology has been trying to bring in fewer straight white guys. So people who applied as female got extra points towards their application. So a guy who didn't meet the merit-based standards decided to start identifying as a woman and actually went to the government and changed his gender. He didn't do anything. He just changed his gender. Well, that's what you can do now. Yeah, in Norway. And so uh, the student says, yeah, the the transition uh, only took seven weeks and was about as easy as changing mobile plans, indicating (laughs) that several other male students have now followed suit and changed their legal gender in order to compete in the brave new world in which we live. Because... uh, trans women are women or something i don't know it's it's crazy but the people in norway government officials can't do anything because remember there was a woman who was threatened with prison time because she had said something to the effect of trans women are not real women
10: Well, I mean, oh, that's they, right
5: they have pretty strict laws against speech
4: which is insane man you just speak it and it has to be so yeah and you could go one day, I feel like a woman, I'm going in this locker room, I'm going to do this, and the next day, yeah, not so much. I mean, goodness gracious, man. I was hearing a story about, you know, different factories in the UK, you know, years ago, when women started working at those factories, they had to make sure that they had women's only restrooms because of possible sexual attacks. Yeah. And they were happening way too much. And now that's just thrown out. Absolutely thrown out. It's crazy. LGDP, uh, LBT Yeah, whatever. LGBTQ2+. plus Rights, whatever, yeah. It's hard to keep it all straight for yeah, anybody. It it's insanity. Okay, much more to get to. Um, you got a story about a supermarket closed because of spiders or something. Who caused permanent, and it says erections, but I don't know if I'm seeing that headline right. You are seeing that headline right. Well, that and a news update straight ahead right here. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp. Scott Robbins out today, back on Monday.
5: News update, David Van Camp. Well, this is an interesting development. Joe Biden's going to be making gun control a central part of his 2024 campaign to strengthen background checks. I saw this on CNN. What they don't mention is that his own son lied on a background check and his own Justice Department tried to let him off the hook for it. Oh, and his son also blamed two Hispanic guys when the gun wound up being tossed in a dumpster near a school.
4: <laughs> Common sense gun Forget control. about that. was it me, the Hispanics.
5: Kidding me? Wow. That's interesting. They think that's a winner, huh? I I suppose so, yeah. I mean, well, really, I I think it's targeting uh, folks in um, larger cities who are afraid to... to, I think it's going to backfire in this case because crime is so out of control. You have a lot of people who are actually discovering their Second Amendment rights and, and, and buying guns, including black voters. Absolutely. Who have been buying guns legally in numbers that have outpaced anything else on record. Or any other year on record
4: well, you had the people speaking in DC saying hey uh, our neighborhoods are a war zone something needs to be done I know at least one of those guys is the same person that said defund the police a couple of years ago yeah, changed right. that tune quite a bit um, but yeah you wonder if that's really gonna work or not
5: okay all right what's the story with this supermarket yeah this is in Austria uh, supermarket was evacuated after the store manager reportedly spotted a banana-loving spider um, it's called the, uh, what, what is it, the Brazilian wandering spider, extremely oh. toxic. Well, One of the side effects, they say, it came in a crate of bananas, so they think they imported it. Somebody okay. saw it, and then they lost track of it, so they had to evacuate the store, and they shut it down while they tried to fumigate the place. One of the side effects of getting bitten for men is that it can cause painful and long-lasting erections. Wow. Wow. And this is actually, I mean, I think HR is probably going to call me in a little while because of the, the Google searches that I did with this. But this is really interesting. They actually want to use the venom in, uh, well, certain supplements for men. They're, I was going to say, it sounds like you're ODing on Viagra or something. Yeah. So they think it's because there's a short string of amino acids in the venom called TX2-6, and it increases nitric oxide, which is also released when mammals get... Aroused. Yeah. So okay. you get bit by the spider, and the toxin tells your brain, hey, it's go time. Wow. In addition to other things, but apparently it can last hours or permanent. If that happens, call a doctor. Yes. Yeah, of course. I'd never heard that.
4: <laughs> it's a learning experience here yeah. on this show.
5: <laughs> Got to love that. Yeah, some, some freak show blue-haired kindergarten teacher is going to start rewriting Charlotte's Web now. <laughs>
4: oh, gosh. Um, I don't know. There's a couple of things that have been making the rounds online that are just funny to me. One is a DoorDash driver that confronts this woman who lied about a food delivery. Sometimes I never got my food mm-hmm. so they can get more food yeah for free. It's just kind of BS to ever do that. So the driver comes to the door with the food and actually calls this woman out. You can hear it.
3: Hey, DoorDash? Yes, thank you.
10: Awesome. Hey, they told me there was an issue with the last order. What happened? Um, show. The Dasher didn't The Dasha didn't No. Well, I delivered it to you, so I know you got the food. I just want you to know that doing stuff like that is what gets us deactivated. I don't want to lose my job because someone wants an extra taco. <laughs> I just want to let you know I will be reporting you as a fraudulent customer, and you will be... Re- <laughs> Remove from the platform. (laughs) Enjoy your food.
5: (laughs) That's why. Who does that? Yeah, that's why a lot of the dashers on some of the platforms, you have to do this, but they take a picture of it when they leave it at your door. Say, no, 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 I left it there. Yeah, a couple of my kids have done the DoorDash thing for a while.
4: Uh, Good for him. Okay. Oh, we got to get ready for a big Friday five. Today. Yeah, good idea, David. Scott is out today. Mm -hmm. Like, how about songs with out in the title? There's a lot of great songs without in the title. Oh, yeah. When you think about it. Um, And one thing, unfortunately, that did happen, uh, Scott put his votes in for the countdown before Mm. he was gone for today. So there is that to keep in mind. But what would you have in your top five songs without in the title? That's the Friday five. The number to call is 210-619-2053.
1: And we'll kick it off next right here.
4: Jamie Martley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins is out. He'll be back on Monday, but it is Friday, and that means our countdown, the Friday Five, and it starts like this.
1: The countdown is on. You know what this means? It's our favorite time of the week. Anybody? Friday 5. It will test your head and your mind and your brain. On the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Okay, countdown today. As
4: we mentioned, Scott Robbins is out today.
0: Yay!
4: <laughs> a well-deserved day off. I had some things to take care of. I mean, we don't have to get into that at all. No, I haven't taken but, a bath Oh, God, I don't know how long.
3: <laughs> Decades. Well, it's,
4: no, I don't think he was needed the whole day to take a bath. Uh, anyway, he was out, and David said yesterday, Scott's out, we should do songs without the title. Yeah, why like, not? Yeah, great songs without the title. So we put together our countdown, as we always do, and base it on basically three criteria. How big of a hit or how iconic is the song? Does it stand the test of time? And how much do you personally like it? Put it all together, and we have our list. The number to call in is 210 6192053. Who's first up today, David? Oh, let's talk to Joey. Hey, Joey.
6: Hey guys, how's it going? Great, Joey. How are you? Good, a lot better that Scott Robbins is not in today because usually he rains on my parade whenever I call in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Yay. <laughs> so
4: what do you got today for a song?
6: Uh, the first song that always comes to mind is the wonderful Alice Cooper School's Out for Summer
4: I'll tell you what, Joey, you're going to have a great weekend, man Number one
5: When you go through all the criteria is it even close? Not really No, I mean an iconic song, total test of timer hard not to like this
4: I, I mean, I still love this song all these years later Yeah, I don't know too many people that don't love that song. Okay, so there's our number one. Then it gets a little more difficult, two through five. Mm -hmm. All right, who's
6: next? Uh, Let's talk to Woody. Hey, Woody. Hey, guys, love your show. For some reason, Mrs. Woody has been Googling where she can get some of these uh, Brazilian wandering spiders. (laughs) (laughs)
5: <laughs> <laughs> well, take take the trip Ouch. to downtown portland somebody will be able to hook you up all right
6: all right uh, my song a classic meatloaf song bat out of hell yes that is a classic
4: As a millennial, David, I don't know if you have appreciation for how huge that album was at the time.
5: Yeah, I don't know. It it made my five. I was the only one of the three of us where wow. this song was in the five. I like the song. It's that entire album, like, just comes out at a thousand miles an hour and doesn't really let up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, definitely a classic. Yeah, I mean that that's a that you know radio airplay. I don't know how how well that stands the test of time because it's a long song. But mm-hmm. I mean. People know it. People still know what that song is. Absolutely.
4: Yeah. I mean, that could have been in there easy. I think a lot of this came down to personal like on mm-hmm. some of these songs. Uh, you'll understand in a little bit, but who's next?
5: Uh, let's talk to John. Hey, John.
6: Hey, gentlemen. Greetings from Deep Blue, Connecticut. John. Good to hear your voice, I man. How are you doing?
5: Good. Three weeks in a row. I'm living the dream. Uh, I want those Brazilian
6: wandering spiders. Isn't that nature at its finest? It they really is. They love to nest in bananas. <laughs> if, they if they don't find a banana, they just make one. Exactly. <laughs> so, so the spirit of the sexy boomer is strong, even in his absence. So, in honor of Scott's being out, I've got to go with a pick he might make. ELO
0: can't get it out of my head.
4: Yes, absolutely.
5: And I don't know that he had this in his five. He didn't, because I think you bullied him into not putting it into his top five. How? I don't even
4: remember this song coming up. No. I I'm think not he, saying I'm above not bullying. It was, it was a
5: preemptive <laughs> bullying. <laughs>
4: oh my gosh! He, he knew. Take it.
5: I mean, I know Wait he's pranking that one. Yeah.
4: Well, you know, honestly. I thought he would have that in there. Um, And before, and it was was a different title we were doing, but he did make the argument for Air Supply. Making love out of nothing at all. I mean, I think he could have doubled up on Air Supply if I remember right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm all out of love. Could have went back to back with that. I'm sure there's another one we could have made it a block party weekend. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> All right. It's Friday Five, songs without in the title and honor of Robin being out today. Uh, who's next, David? Let's talk to Mary. Hey, Mary.
7: Hi, guys. Happy Friday.
4: Happy Friday, Mary.
7: Hey, it's real happy. I'm here with about 70 friends at 3R's, the drive on beach, and it's their annual beach day.
4: Nice. Oh, that's fantastic. The picture in my it head is, is just great. Good for you.
7: <laughs> but I'm taking time out to call for the song, and I am going with Moving Out by Billy Joel.
4: Yes, good call on that. Yeah, I don't want all that stuff.
9: Moving Out.
4: <laughs> All that stuff. No, it sounds like a life of misery. I'm out.
5: Yeah. I, I, you know, I will say I personal stereoed this in the opposite direction. Really? Technically based on scores. Pretty big song. You know, Test of Time is pretty good. You know what surprised me before you go further?
4: I thought that was like a top five record. That was like number 17. Yeah. Not as big as I
5: thought. But anyway, go ahead. But yeah, so. It, it technically was right there on the cusp of like tying for number five and i i nuked it i was like i couldn't do it i think most people
4: know if it comes down to okay. billy joel or bruce springsteen and you have a chance to nuke it you're gonna nuke
5: it oh absolutely yeah because yeah. they're terrible people
3: <laughs> i
5: i refuse i refuse to support terrible human beings all right for me it's how good is the song really. But anyway, okay, who's next? Songs without in the title. I'd rather I'd rather take uh fatherhood advice from Hunter Biden than listen to Billy Joel. All right. Oh my god. Let's talk to not that bad. Yeah, let's talk to John. Hey John.
6: Hey morning gentlemen. Hey John. When hey when one of you guys go missing to take a bathroom today, it's like missing one of the
3: stooges, Larry Mo and Curly, but I always thought about that when you guys are all together. Definitely a, a group
6: of uh, men that need to stay on the radio all the time. My <laughs> song about uh, All Out of Love by Air Supply, but I don't know. I'm just going to change it then. How about Thinking Out Loud by Ed
10: Sheeran? Yes. Thinking out loud, maybe.
4: You know this song, David
5: Yeah when
10: my hair's all Huge song Oh, and, well, and, and
5: Ed Sheeran was in court over this song Because Marvin Gaye's estate uh, sued him Yes And uh, he won, Ed Sheeran won And I was I was glad to hear, hear don't it Because you don't think he ripped them off No, well, I think the songs are similar you when you mash them, them up Certainly Yeah But there's a lot of songs you can mash up that sound your... sounds similar. It's true You know, so that is true
10: Could never grow
5: is it still amazing to you on some level how big Ed Sheeran is? Dude, yeah. A, a, a pasty ginger guy with an acoustic guitar is one of the biggest acts on the planet. Yes. It's, it's remarkable to me. No doubt about it. I'm always astounded by it. Good for him. Okay, who's next? Uh, let's talk to Linda. Hey, Linda.
2: Hey, guys. How are y'all doing? Doing great, Linda. How are hey, you? Hey, I love you guys. I love you, and... um, Uh, first, and I love KTSA, yay, and uh, first I would say, can I get Mary's address? I really really envy her. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Anyway, when y'all said the word out, the first thing that came to my mind was um, the song, take me out to the ball game. I'm sure that's not a song with the title in it, but it just, it reminded me of it. So anyway, I'm sure Scott Robbins would like that. So Mm -hmm.
4: Yay. Uh, yes. Yay. Very yay. much so.
2: <laughs> well, so y'all've already released that my song, but I'm going to say it, in it again. It's making love out of nothing at all.
4: Yes,
5: very much so. South Texas Limited calling in for the air supply. And,
4: you know, David Shy, a lot of times he'll go back up vocals on some big chorus like this, yeah. but you're just not going to do it for everybody. I'm going
5: to do it here because I'm afraid it'll blow too many minds. Okay? Yes. I don't want someone to get hurt. And then all the women are going to melt down the phone lines. Yeah. I mean, listen, I'm married. Kids. Yeah.
4: Poor creatures out there. Yeah. yeah. Sad. Okay. Get the number. We better, we better reset right now. The number <laughs> 210-619-2053. It's songs without in the title for the Friday five. We're still looking for number two, number three number four and number five. Some great songs to get to. Coming up right here. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp. Scott Robbins is out today. He'll be back on Monday. But him being out gave David the inspiration to say our Friday five countdown should be songs without in the title. And we got to wrap that up before we get to our next uh, news update. Uh, Number one was schools out from Alice Cooper. We're looking for number two, three, four, and five. And we've had some great honorable mentions and man, this list is long. A lot of times, after the countdown's over, people would say, "Where was this song?" Mm-hmm. Like, well, actually, it was an honorable mention. It was just that no one happened to call for it, that sort of thing, you know. Like there, stepping out, Joe Jackson—that was a big song. We were talking about this yesterday.
5: Yeah, it, it, it didn't miss it by much. No, it's, it's it. Test of time is mostly grocery store, you know, radio kind of stuff. But it does yeah. really get play. You hear it, you know. Yeah that's that's pretty tough I mean oh the gin
9: blossoms
4: What were you six years old when this came out Something like that Yeah found out about you yeah hey, pretty decent song and then you know some bands that just didn't stick around for very long I
0: would my pride, I
4: would on the Rhines, Inside I out from each 6. I, yeah. daddy, I like that song Inside yeah but nothing but faith. In love. Oh, and then maybe something more from
5: your era. Take
1: me out.
5: I still do like that song. <laughs> that song and Misfire and a couple of songs from Franz Ferdinand. Yes. Full ear candy. Okay, who's next? Uh, let's talk to John. Hey, John. Oh, no, this is Johnny, brothers. Johnny, yeah, I'm sorry. Johnny, Johnny. Brother. Oh,
1: Johnny, what a great surprise. Yeah, I'm glad I can give it to you guys. Man, I'm I'm so sad Scott is out today. I had a trivia question for him, so I'll have to get him next time. And I'm so surprised that so many other people have been using this wonder and spader therapy. I mean, I use it all the time. (laughs) Miss Liz loves it, but my pants so tight, man, it they hurt, you know. (laughs) But I don't understand. That's about the only bioeconomics I understand. I don't get what the president's talking about. I I was a drama major, man. (laughs) Anyway, you know I'm you just
4: keep
3: coach. it real,
1: Johnny. I, don't ever change for anybody. Hey man, you get it, man. I'll come off the top rope on anybody. I don't drop those elbows, man.
3: <laughs>
4: there you go.
1: But my, uh, my my guest today I feel I thought it was some low hanging fruit, you know. I, I I figured it would be already taken. Um you know, and the air supply, I love that song, man. That was our <laughs> motto back in Al kaim in two thousand and six, brother. It was great. <laughs> but I'm going to go with uh, We Can Work It Out by the Beatles, man. There you go. Yeah. Number three.
2: We can work it
5: out.
1: Johnny just comes we in with a lead pipe. More ways than more. He does. Very, very
5: strong. No
10: time
5: I love this song.
10: I've
4: always loved this song since I was a little yeah, kid. It's a good one. Yes. Two minutes, ten seconds. Mm-hmm.
10: Get in, get out.
4: You get on ride. with your life. Absolutely. Well done. Good to so hear, hear from you, Johnny. Okay, who's next?
6: Let's talk to Floyd. Hey, Floyd. Hey, hey, hey. Yo, Floyd. Three. Hey, Chill Billy Floyd coming here from that small town down by the river. It's Friday, and we like to shout it out loud on Friday. Cannonball Friday. Oh,
4: baby, yeah. Number five. Shout it, shout it, shout it. Love that. that. Classic references. From the destroyer album. <laughs> okay, I admit it. Somehow it came up on a YouTube feed and I was watching a what was it? A show from 77 on the Love Gun tour. Yeah. My wife walked in the room and said, what are you doing? <laughs> watching Kiss. Like all the cool boys do.
5: <laughs>
4: how could I not click that when it came up? Well, no, of I course, course you got to watch
8: it. All right, who's next? Let's talk to Glenn. Hey, Glenn. Hi, guys. Hey, I've got to tell you, I really love your show. I, I catch it uh, every morning when I get a chance to. It puts a big smile on my face, and uh, I just love, you know, how you're really exposing what's happening out there. And I anyway, appreciate that, Glenn. Uh, That's very nice. No. No, I really mean it. I really mean it. I'm I'm a little nervous. I didn't realize I'd actually get on the air. I just wanted to pop out a song here. I'm a drummer, and Wipeout was uh, an early inspiration for a lot of drummers uh, like uh, myself. Even though you know, there's a lot, lot of other more sublime things to drum uh, on (laughs) in Wipeout. But I'm hoping that uh, with your guys' help and everybody doing the right thing and using their <laughs> voice that we can wipe out this mess and this deluge of you know what that's been uh yes uh, that we've been under suppression Absolutely. of
6: <laughs> yeah so i think there we're you go the
8: language yes, Thanks, yes.
4: appreciate that bro don't need to be nervous sir. us three jumokes can do it anybody can do it right <laughs> are you kidding yeah, I was looking up uh, how big a hit this was and everything yesterday. That That's an absolute classic. Okay. Oh, we got to hurry up, yeah, man. We,
6: we still got a
5: couple songs to get to. Yeah, let's talk to Ken. Hey, Ken.
10: Oh, hey, guys. Hey, Ken. What so, you got, buddy? Not, well, I was just thinking uh, Scott might not be there, but Major League Baseball still hates him.
5: Yes, he, <laughs> yes it does. Thank <laughs> you.
10: Anyway, uh, I was thinking CCR, looking out my back door.
4: Love it. Number two. There you go.
10: Do, do,
4: do, door, man, right kid. That's so cool. Okay, and what were we missing? Oh, yeah, number four. Number four. Yes. Yeah. The Ode to the Midwest. Number four.
9: Check it out. Going to work, gone,
4: gone, John gone, Camp. Good list. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show.
5: Way. Okay. Up on a hard one there. Uh, Biggest story of the day, David. Uh, Biggest story of the day. Well, there are two that come to mind. And the first one being Merrick Garland, the attorney general, has now decided that the guy who tried to let Hunter Biden off the hook is now officially a special counsel, giving him a little bit more authority, which seems kind of redundant because we were assured, right, that that investigation was completely independent, too. Of course. You didn't need the special counsel. Status there. We got that, and then of course, the other big story of the day is as usual, Major League Baseball hates
0: Scott.
4: So, this is so hilarious. Well, yeah, you notice the Garland news comes on a Friday, too. Of course. We'll get to that update more straight ahead. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie
5: Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins out today, back on Monday. Another news update, David Van Camp. Yeah, so Merrick Garland, the attorney general, has decided to appoint a special counsel to investigate uh, Joe Biden's son, Hunter. And really, it's not about Hunter, it's about Joe. Uh, that's what most of us are curious about more than yes. anything. Um, and whether or not Joe, or, or to what extent, did Joe get involved in Hunter's business deals? He was totally involved. Yeah, it, it really like ran looks it. like it was. Yeah, I mean, re- really, it's not Hunter's business. It was Joe's business. Um, but the special counsel is the same prosecutor that worked out a plea agreement that was going to let Hunter off the hook for everything. It's David Weiss. It's David amazing, Weiss, man. Which usually the special counsel is somebody outside of the government, usually a retired prosecutor or a former FBI chief like, well, Robert Mueller. You know somebody else who comes in from the outside to to make it look like there's true uh, independence.
4: Well, how many times have we heard in the past when there's something like this, and what you will hear this person described as is beyond reproach, right? Respected by
5: everybody. That's not Weiss. They're not even pretending. No. I like what Glenn Greenwald said. The story of Merrick Garland appointing a special counsel to investigate Hunter after his plea deal fell apart is really a story about a father's love for his son. <laughs> and That's really what it comes down to, because the whole time uh, uh, Merrick Garland has been out there saying, no, David Weiss, we didn't interfere in his investigation at all. These whistleblowers that are coming out, uh, whether it's the FBI or the IRS, they're all lying when they say that there was undue pressure from the federal government, from the Biden administration itself uh, Mm -hmm. to stonewall investigations and not not pull at any threads that may lead to Joe Biden. Uh, That's all a lie. This was a completely independent prosecution. Okay, then why does it need special counsel status suddenly? And the answer is because this allows them to block any other congressional oversight. Because they can now plausibly say this is part of a special counsel investigation, and so David Weiss isn't going to have to testify
9: in front of the House. There's an ongoing investigation, so we can't do that.
5: Right. That's it.
9: It's about not answering questions. Allocation of resources. Yeah, um, yeah, um, yeah, we will yeah, uh, uh, yeah, uh, It's disgusting,
3: and I know
4: I've said it before. I'm just going to say it real quick. The deep state is so far worse than any of us imagined, and. What, go back eight, nine years? <laughs> if you could have shown me video in the future of me saying that, I'd be like, what happened? Yeah. What? What do you mean? I would never have believed it that it is deep and as bad as it is. It's the corruption is so crazy at a level none of us imagined. And we're just seeing it play out. And again, the frustrating thing is half the country has no idea what's going on. No. At least half, if not more. Okay, so that's going on out there. Um, I happen to see this little story and I understand that the Murdochs don't like Trump and they've got the New York post and they have the wall street journal. And of course they have Fox and sometimes you'll see more subtle shots taken at Trump and other ones like they're just going after him. Yeah. And I saw this out of the New York post talking about live golf, having a tournament at Trump national Bedminster this weekend, big tournament. And apparently some of the members, they say in the story, are ticked off, saying that Trump is being a cheapskate. Like, what? What is this about? Well, in the story, it talks about how members of this club where initiation fees are reportedly more than $350,000. Mm. Holy mackerel! I had no idea. Of course, I wouldn't known what to guess, but that's pretty steep. They are moaning that Trump is a cheapskate because they're being asked to pay for tickets to the live tournament that are $40. <laughs> well,
5: oh, you, you, already you already paid three hundred and fifty grand just to show up. I mean, what's another 40?
4: Oh, said they're being forced to cough up the measly $40 for a daily grounds pass to see. Well, Dustin Johnson's there. Of course, the people on the live tour, Brooks Kepka. Uh, Mickelson, Bubba Watson, Bryson DeChambeau, all of them. I just thought that was amusing. That really, we can't get free tickets? No. Do you know how much it costs just to... What?
5: Sorry. You gotta pay! <laughs> hey, yo. <laughs> Trump's got legal bills to cover, okay? Yes. And then it says,
4: an insider says, all the members are pissed. They're closing the course, the pool, the restaurant, and we pay a lot of money to use those. Tournament comes in, we can't get tickets? We got to pay? <laughs> yep.
9: You got to pay your bills, folks. You got to pay up.
4: Right. Yeah. It's just part of it. Oh, speaking of Phil Mickelson, I know this like extends beyond the world of golf because his gambling issues have been pretty well documented. I had no idea that he gambled like a billion dollars to a billion. That caught your attention, David. A billion dollars? Dude, if you remember the story... This lifelong sports gambler, Billy Walters, his buddies with Mickelson, he went, ended up going to jail? Well, he's out of jail. He's got a book coming out. The book is called Gambler, Secrets from a Life at Risk. And in the book, he details his relationship with Phil Mickelson as both a golf buddy and a betting partner. And he says that Mickelson gambled some $1 billion dollars lost about $100 million. And there's been speculation that's why Phil Mickelson went to live golf. Yeah, He's got to pay off debts. He's got bills to pay. <laughs> you don't know that. He also said that he talked Mickelson out of placing a bet on the 2012 Ryder Cup, which the United States, if you're unfamiliar, went down in flames on the final day. And part of the reason they lost was because Mickelson lost his match. But he says he talked him out of that now mickelson has come back and said in a statement i never bet on the ryder cup okay listen to this statement then i have a piece of audio to play for you because the the timing of this to me is pretty amazing he said while it is well known that i always enjoy a friendly wager on the course i would never undermine the integrity of the game i have also been very open about my gambling addiction i have previously conveyed my remorse took responsibility have gotten help have been fully committed to therapy that has positively impacted me, and I feel good about where I am now. Okay. Okay. You remember a few days ago I told you about golf content online, and Bryson DeChambeau, who on the Live Tour just shot 58 this past Sunday to mm-hmm. win a Greenbrier, it was, you know, in golf circles it was a big story, but the next day DeChambeau put out on his YouTube channel a match between him and a partner from his team against Phil Mickelson and a partner from his team. Okay? Okay. So, and I told you, man, they're figuring out how to do content because I watched it. It's like a nine-hole match. It's, I don't know, less than 40 minutes, but it's really entertaining. And what's crazy is this story now about the gambling, one of the best parts of watching this is as they're going to start before the match, Mickelson is asking DeChambeau, what are we playing for? <laughs> and laying down how the bet's going to go down. Oh,
3: no. <laughs> Listen to this. This is how it goes. So, what uh, what are we playing for? <laughs> what are we playing for? I haven't thought about that. You what do you mean what? you haven't thought about it? What do you mean you haven't thought about it? <laughs> <laughs> Fully well, committed. W- what were you thinking about? Okay, well, Cameron and I will play you guys. You and okay. Honor uh, Bond. We'll play uh, nine holes for a G perfect uh straight best ball perfect uh and when you're down when you're closed out you can press for half not the full not the full okay so you got to win the match to win
4: yeah and if you want what we'll do okay is... so it, it boy he's saying if we're going to pay you know it's a thousand dollars piece okay best ball so between the two players you take the best score on that hole and that's how they'll play it right
3: and if you want what we'll do is we'll go 28 if you shoot 28 best ball uh it's double perfect i love
4: okay <laughs> So uh, that might sound really low if you're not familiar with the game. But when you got two pros, one of them makes birdie, there's a decent chance. And I'll cut to the chase. They did shoot 28 and they doubled them up. Mickelson won this bet. Wow. (laughs) Just so you know. The other part that's very funny to me
3: is it goes on. I love that. Okay. That sounds or good. better. 28 or better. He's played in a lot more of these sorts of things, so he, he knows he knows how to make a deal that works in his favor. You know, we I actually max it at that. I don't ever play for more because okay. I, so, you know, I always want to keep you. it friendly. Uh, that's right.
4: want to keep it friendly. I don't play for more than that. I don't know if that's true or not because yeah. I'm thinking, okay, I know the guy's a gambling addict, so maybe does he does keep the limit to that. I don't know. But the funny line
3: is this. That's right. Just so you know, Camo and I, we don't do Venmo, PayPal, any of that bullshit. Like straight straight cash. cash. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Just All so right. we're clear. <laughs> is there a first American bank around here? <laughs> <laughs> well,
5: yeah, you don't want the IRS knowing about anything.
3: Don't do any of that bull. Bleep. <laughs> Venmo? So you know, Camo and I—we don't do Venmo, PayPal, any of that bullshit. Like straight bull cash. cash. Yeah, there you go. Okay,
5: <laughs> that's a man. That's a man who sounds like he is definitely committed to recovery, right there.
3: <laughs> right? <laughs>
5: yeah. It's like an alcoholic saying, "I only drink light beer now."
3: <laughs> I know. I, I'm
4: thinking, okay, if you're Phil's wife, and you know, okay, he says he's fully committed to therapy, and he said it's positively impacted me, but he did say. It's well known. I always enjoy a friendly wager on the course. Yeah. Is that part of it? So he can do that, but he limits it to that? I, I have no idea.
5: But boy, oh boy. <laughs> well, no Venmo. We don't do credit cards. We're not doing any of that stuff, okay? Uh, right. It's straight cash, homie. All right? And if it is an 18-hole match, you get
4: to 16, and all of a sudden somebody says, let's double the whole thing. Is he going to be able to say, no, that would violate the agreement I have? <laughs> How could that dude well, say no? He agreed to the... Doubling it up. It was his idea, wasn't it? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, in that. Yeah, I'm saying if you're on the course, you say, how about we we extend this bet? Who knows, man? But, yeah, it would be interesting to see where that goes down. Um, One other funny piece of audio that's making the rounds I wanted to get your reaction from um, is this lady from a Burger King. Okay? Um, She says she wanted this to be a stepping stone, Mm. but they think she's management material. Mm. So, I mean, you're really stepping up to be a manager. She wants no part of that. <laughs> okay? And different people have different takes on this, but I want to see what you think.
10: Why does the manager go talk to the
7: GM about making me a manager? No! I got to get up out of here. Job was supposed to be a stepping stone. I don't want to be a manager. I need to stop working so hard. I'll tell you one thing, they want me to be a manager until I show up to my shift with a belt with these, for these kids. I ain't got time. <laughs>
5: I I want to manage
2: these kids.
5: Yeah, I I get it. I, you know, I wish I'd have had that mentality when someone offered me a management position in radio.
4: Oh, dude. Because, you know, that's just the stepping stone, right? Right. You don't know what you're getting yourself into.
5: It's not easy. You're thinking, okay, yeah, I got a little pay bump and all that stuff. But in the end, sometimes it's not worth it. It is. So, yeah. And I know
4: a lot of people are critical, saying, hey, well, you that's what it takes for you to make more money and, you know, to keep growing. And then you want to ask that person, you ever been in mental management before? Yeah. Just to make sure. Okay. I'm not judging either way on that one. Okay. Let's see. Oh, yeah, we got another news update. And then we have our Nimrods of the News. And remember, as far as David and I, Venmo, PayPal, we don't do that bullpen. All right? Straight <laughs> ahead. Straight ahead. Straight ahead. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins out today, back on Monday.
5: Another news update, David Van Camp. Well, hey, remember when the White House uh, earlier, uh, just a couple of months ago, was uh, celebrating a drop of illegal immigrants showing up at the border and coming into the country? Mm-hmm. Remember that? What was it? Kareem Jean-Pierre claimed it was like a 90% drop, which was absurd and not true, no matter how you squinted at the numbers. Yes. Uh, Well, Border Patrol is now seeing a surge of illegal immigrants in agency custody that has more than doubled after the drop that happened after the suspension of Title 42. The, The number of illegal immigrants in Border Patrol custody, again, dropped. And then the Biden administration claimed success. And according to a Border Patrol agent stationed in the Del Rio sector, uh, he says, at first it seemed all right. We had the facilities and manpower to handle it. Now it's back to being a bleep show. The damage that is being done is irreversible agents are, are sick and tired of the abuse, feeling like we have broken our oaths, and everyone is looking for a way out. Wow. I guess you shouldn't be surprised by that.
4: Kind of see the video all the time. All right, we got a couple of doozy Nimrods. We better
1: roll into it. When the going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. It's Nimrods in the news on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins show.
0: I love the poorly educated.
1: All right, Nimrods in the news.
4: Start here. Sheriff in Clay County, Missouri. As an important reminder for criminals out there, probably don't want to attract attention to yourself. Uh, they posted a photo of a vehicle they pulled over recently with a custom license plate that says, We High. Oh, that's not a good idea. <laughs> not just H I. W E space H-I-G-H. We High.
5: Maybe they're mountain climbers.
4: <laughs> well, that might be, but they sure were high when they were pulled over. Uh, They're in a lot of trouble. Yeah. Do you have that? And then, golly, another one of these stories. Uh, This is, well, our friends in Bend, Oregon already know this. Dude the other night um, was cleaning his gun. Mm -hmm. Dan was also drinking bourbon.
5: That's a bad idea.
4: Yeah, it's a pretty bad idea. He ended up shooting himself in the leg. Okay. Uh, But didn't really want to... You know get much attention but my gosh what are you going to do mm-hmm. you shot yourself in the leg and so he ended up driving himself to the hospital but also passed out and crashed into a pillar oh. and then just kind of laying there i he's going to be okay mm. but that's the second sort of report today of someone shooting themselves which means the theme song then comes out <laughs> is
6: not good
5: alcohol and reassembling firearms with ammunition involved is usually not a great combination
4: no and then we have a Finnish man uh, put 26 and a half pounds of dynamite in a friend's vehicle yeah, it's just good natured joke <laughs> what no big deal what you can't take a joke <laughs> uh didn't intend on it being dangerous yeah that guy is in a whole lot of trouble as well then there you have it nimrods in the news and this is the markley van camp and robin show